Damn it. It's like we, I hate, because I hate, hate, I hate moral victories. Yeah, I know you do. But damn it. I mean, when it was 1-0, with that group that we put out there and it was 1-0, I was like, wow, this could have been so much worse. Yeah. Just, I, I, I was, I was stunned. It was one nil. I was stunned. I, I just could not believe. I, I couldn't believe, it. especially when I saw the, the, the back line and that Colo Torre would be involved. I was like, Oof. oh, and then he freaking he played amazingly good. Yeah, that's what I heard. I mean, they're talking about you know, I mean, everybody's like, oh my god, you, you've got to put him in your starting lineup this week. I'm sitting here, I'm like. We did this last year. He had a couple of good games, and then he was a disaster. Oh. No, I don't trust him at all, but he he did. He played probably the best game he's played for Liverpool yesterday. Well, you still then have a couple games. So you, so you have one more. If he has a couple good games in him, you have one more game. Well, they're talking about uh, they're talking about uh, people are like you got to keep that same back line against Chelsea this oh, week. Like, oh, I know. No. So you're talking about playing Chelsea with Colo Torre. Well, here's the other thing I heard, and I mean, obviously, we'll talk about it in a few minutes. But I I also got the sense from everything I read and and the tiny tiny bit I saw that Real never really got out of like second gear. Yeah. Well, and and truth be told, I kind of think some of that had to do with the way Liverpool played. Uh-huh. I mean, Liverpool did not play their normal, you know, um, bombs away, bombs away. Let's just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I mean that that was a big thing too. Is like you know we didn't. If we had tried to open it up, it might have been worse. Yeah. I mean, we played it kind of close, but I mean. Just the way we played. I mean, we we played pretty damn solid the other day. That's true. I'll take it. Hey, you'll you'll take anything you can get on episode twenty seven of the all new sports show, the podcast. Hey, everybody, what's going on? Uh, we have, of course, another big week of sport to talk to you about. Of course, I am Edward Green, joined as always by my colleague Wes Bradshaw and producer Desmond McManus. Um, we are the all-new sports of the podcast, bringing you an hour of soccer and an hour of everything else you need in your week. Wes, how is it going? Oh, man. Had a, actually, had a, Tuesday was a rough one. Had a sick day on Tuesday. What? You don't get sick? God, America, it was not sitting well with me. Um, now, you happened to see me on Tuesday, but uh, I, I was not in the greatest of ways. On t- Well, we didn't actually see. We yeah. spoke and we passed somewhere, um, and, and I got my money, which was good. You you may have seen me in a fever dream. I don't, We didn't actually see each other. Well, well I'm saying we spoke, and uh, you, you left me a sheet so I could yes. get paid. So. Yes, I did. And that worked out for me, so I, I say that's, that's good enough for that's, that. That's uh, what I'm here for. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, it just was not a great day. Uh, my diet on my diet on uh, Tuesday consisted of six saltines, uh, four 32-ounce Gatorades, and a 20-ounce uh, ginger ale. Oh, fun time. So, yeah, so it was, was not doing the best ever. But, hey, man, I'm back today. I knew it was a big pod day. Of course, for for us on the on the football game on Friday night, mm-hmm. final regular season game of the year. Uh, could be our final football game of the year, high school-wise, to call. We're hoping for one more at mm-hmm. least. But, uh, 
I mean, I knew I had to recover. So I took my Imodium, I nutted up, and I'm back. Two Christmases trademarked. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody else wants that. It's such a terrible thing. Um, Well, we have a great show, but if you want to get in on the discussion, you can, of course, hit us up on Twitter, at All New Sports Show. Our individual ones are at West Bradshaw 21 and at Edward Green. If you want to also get with us on Facebook, you can go like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash All New Sports Show. You can also like our Instagram page, instagram.com slash All New Sports Show. Follow us there to get all the latest pics. Go to youtube.com slash The All New Sports Show if videos are more your thing. And boy, do we have a lot of great videos on there. Of course, you can plain old email us, All New Sports Show at gmail.com. Finally, if you want to mail us your letters and parcels, please send them to 1701 Sunset Avenue, Suite 201, Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, 27804. And we know we got some of you listening in the great country, B&H, Bosnia and Herzegovina. If you want to send us any fine delicacies from your country, please, we would love to have them. You know, met a girl, met a girl uh, the time I spent 10 days in Boston. Um, Beautiful, beautiful girl. She was Bosnian heritage. Just gorgeous. Sweet girl, too. So I do have a soft spot in my heart for the Bosnians. Hey, and Jekko is a very beautiful man. It was. And I mean, even a year after I left, she turned 18 and everything, but it was all good. Well, we are going to hit right <laughs> up into that before we. I'm not even, I'm not even touching that. <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't have, but anyway, go ahead. Oh, uh, this is the this is the episode where Wes gets arrested. Um, <laughs> just just live. There's going to be an FBI raid right in the middle of the Stat- pod. Statute of limitations has expired on that, I believe. <laughs> oh, good. Because last week, last week we got uh, interrupted by Game Seven of the World Series. This year, FBI ra- raid. This this week's <laughs> going to be great. All right, but let's let's do the FBI raid that was the rest of the continent on English football. Oh, poor, poor Champions League European sides. Oh, but it was great because it was another European nights kind of week. Tuesday and Wednesday, of course, we record these on Wednesday nights. So we already have all the Champions League matches from this week of play. Week four, match week four, is where we are right now. Four of six in the group stage. And man, do we have some crazy results to bring you. Um, We are going to start, Wes, in group A. The only one of the eight groups where everybody is still alive and no one has yet secured passage to the next round. That's just ridiculous. Who wants passage? Oh, who who wants safety? Who wants immunity? Well, apparently not some of these teams. Uh, Malmo, we started in Malmo with Malmo FF nil, Atletico Madrid 2. Coque gets a goal in the 30th minute. And then in the 78th minute, the insurance goal by Raul Garcia locks it away for Atletico. And in Turin, it was Juventus 3 Olympiacos 2. It was Pirlo. Oh, still a beautiful man. Still playing beautiful po- football. He gets a goal in the 21st minute to open the scoring in the match. Two goals, though, by Olympiacos. Look like the Greeks are going to steal three in uh, Italy. But after that, it is Roberto with an own goal, making things difficult for his Greek men. And then Pogba. Da, 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 da. Just, oh, just one minute later, he's a 
glorious Frenchman. He doesn't surrender. He picks up the go-ahead goal for Juve. They steal all three points, and it was a key three points for them. As we look at the standings right now in the table, Atletico Madrid top it with nine points. Juve and Olympiacos tied at six. But of course, right now, uh, the tiebreaker is head-to-head. That is the first one. They are even on that, so we have to go to our uh, Champions League group stage tie-breaking website here um, where we go through the eight different tiebreakers possible. Um, because they are tied on points um, uh, in their own matches, uh, superior goal difference from the group matches played, well, they're both one-goal games, so we can't use that. A uh, higher number of goals scored in the group matches played among the team is in question. Um, well, since uh, you, oh, it's three-three, so we we can't use that one. A uh, higher number of goals scored away from home, so that is where Olympiacos gets the advantage. They scored two in the away match. Juve scored none. But currently, Juve is listed above Olympiacos for reasons that astound me. Um, basically, what that means is they well, both... See, that's interesting because on uh, on ESPN FC, they have Olympiacos above Juve right now. Okay. Well, Wikipedia has Juve at top. We're going to go with Olympiacos up top. So that means Olympiacos currently, if, if nothing else would have changed, they would be going through the knockout. Juve would drop to Europa. Malmo FF with three points. They can still qualify, not just for passage to Europa, they can still get to the knockout round, but they will have to pick up a lot of points, and their favor is not kind to them as they still have to play Juventus and Atletico Madrid again. Oh, goodness, that's a rough schedule for them. Uh, Wes, this has been the most topsy-turvy of groups. Uh, is Madrid finally starting to solidify themselves as the class? Yeah, and they are. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They are. They're shown it this season in, uh, in La Liga. They they just are. The Greeks don't have the firepower. Juventus, I really think Juventus is um they're suffering from a weak Serie A this year. Mm-hmm. After really after you look at Juventus and Roma, Serie A is flaming garbage, mm-hmm. and that's sad because that is a historically just amazingly good league, but they stink this year. So I just feel. Uve does not – I don't think they have that switch to really just flip it on this year when they want to. Um, I still, still think they're going to come out of it, but they're going to have a fight on their hands. So you'd still take them. Right now, uh, the remaining matches are Atletico hosting Olympiacos in Madrid. Malmo mm-hmm. gets Uve at home. And then in the last match week, it's Olympiacos hosting Malmo. Uve then gets Atletico at home. Uh, knowing that that's the schedule – uh, do you still like Olympiacos to get out? Uh, I, I'm just, oh, I mean, I'm sorry. Do you like Juve to get out? You said Juve. I do. I, do. I mean, I see you. I see Juve uh, getting a win, and then them and Atletico. I just see a draw in that last match. Mm-hmm. So I still see. I see Olympiacos. You know, probably coming away with three points, and Juve coming away with four points. Okay. Well, uh, we will be keeping tabs on that. Of course, those will be pl- taking place. Uh, the fir- the week five matches will be taking place November twenty sixth. So a couple weeks away for that one. As we go to Group B, Wes, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yes, he knows what's coming. Uh, Real Madrid currently top the table, and they have secured passage 
into the knockout stage. They have 12 points. Basel, FC Basel, currently sit in second with six points. Then it's Liverpool and Ludogorets Rosgrad currently at the bottom. And right now, I believe because of a um, a loss at Liverpool, Ludogorets currently below Liverpool. But of course, as of the moment, Basel own the tiebreaker against Liverpool. So we'll have to see how that changes. But right now, Liverpool drinking from the poison chalice that is Europa potentially. And this week, not a help to their cause. Although, as we talked about pre-pod, a better effort than I think some people thought. Uh, it was at the Bernabeu in Madrid. Real won. Liverpool nil. A Karim Benzema goal was all a somewhat disinterested Madrid could muster against a staunch defensive Liverpool back line. On the other side, in Basel, it was Basel 4. Tournament darlings, Ludogorets, Rosgrad, nil. Uh, a slew of goals did in Rosgrad, and unfortunately, that will make the going on very tough. If they could have just gotten a point from Basel, maybe they would have had a chance, but it will be tough for them okay. now. Um, so with two matches left, Wes, can Liverpool climb into the knockout round? Absolutely. I mean, and they have a very direct way to get there. If they win out and um, Basel, I mean, basically, if Liverpool win out, I believe they'll go. Unless Basel shocks the world and beats exactly. Real at home, yeah. Yeah, basically, Liverpool just need, they need to beat Basel, they need to beat Ludogorets, and then just hope that, uh, you know, Madrid just pulls a result against Basel. Madrid doesn't have to get beat Basel. Um, they just have to get a draw out of them. Liverpool, they bat themselves into a corner, but shockingly, you know, the whole deal was Ludogorets getting that first win against Basel opened it up for them mm-hmm. because Liverpool are still in it. They still got a chance. Um, and I'm not going to say I dislike their chances. <laughs> That's yeah. not just being a Liverpool fan. They've got Basel at home. You know, you've just got to hope for one of those great European nights at home. And then you go to Rosgrad where it's not going to be easy. Trust me, going to Bulgaria, it's not going to be easy. But, you know, if they can get the win against Basel and they go in there knowing they have to win to get this thing done. It's flipped. It's flipped, actually. You get uh, Basel's the last one. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. I'm very sorry about that. Okay, no so uh, you go to Ludogorets. Well, basically, I mean, you know you've got to go to Ludogorets and get a win. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's throw the kitchen sink at them. you got to do what you got to do. And then, you know, you know, you get a home game against Basel, or Basel to uh, finish, your, finish your Champions League campaign. It's at... Anfield. I mean, you could not ask for a better place to end it than at Anfield. European Knights TM. Um, gotta, what? Gotta if, get first win. Yeah. If let's say let's, I'm just gonna throw out a scenario. Uh, in the next match week, uh, Ludogorets Liverpool draw and Basel gets a result against Real. What are you hoping for as a Liverpool fan? Do you want to at least finish third, or do you just want to fall out of European competition altogether? Personally, I, I I really believe if it comes down to that, I personally would rather be out of Europe just because Liverpool's having problems domestically. Mm-hmm. And the Premier League, while I still think it's only one great team, um, there are obviously a bunch of teams that can beat your ass on any week. Certainly. Uh, I mean, really, just about anyone, you know, maybe not name uh, Burnley, 
Uh, at this point, they're a threat to beat you week in and week out in the Premier League. If Liverpool's not going to get out of the group stage, I'd rather be out and be able to focus all your attention in England. I think I think you're right. I think that's the way they go through it. Um, one, let's let's take though. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Real Madrid Liverpool match though. Uh, were you surprised, and did you agree with the lineup Rogers uh, trotted out there in Madrid? Obviously, you're surprised when you see the fact that you're facing what's well, probably at this point considered the best team in the world. It's really, even though they have not played that many times, Liverpool, Real Madrid, just those words together carry a certain weight mm-hmm. of, you know, these are these are two of probably the five most successful teams in the history of Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, both of them, uh, you know, Madrid this past year winning their 10th. Obviously, they have the most all-time. Liverpool the most ever in England with five. You know, you just figure that's going to be a big game atmosphere and you're going to throw everything you've got at them. I I had heard inklings that we may play somewhat of a muted side. I didn't expect to have the entire Henderson, (laughs) Gerrard, Sterling, Coutinho, Balotelli all on the bench. Yeah. I expected maybe, you know, no Coutinho, no Balotelli possibly no Gerard, but I figured Henderson's always kind of like the first name Henderson. I believe right now Henderson is the first name on the team sheet week in and week out mm-hmm. because I mean, really he's been Liverpool's most consistent contributor now for probably about two years. I figured he'd definitely be in there and you know, Henderson's one of those guys is like, he never gets tired. So you always right. play. Henderson. And then Sterling of course, right now is he's your spark, but I can also see maybe why Rodgers held Sterling. Sterling's, I mean, he's still, he's 19 years old. He's got the weight of the world on his shoulders right now, especially with no Daniel Sturridge. You don't want to send him out into an environment where he's going to, I mean, I could see Sterling out there just about to hyperventilate. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you could have potentially seen that knowing, you know, with him feeling this is the biggest stage I've ever been on, blah, 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 blah. So I can understand that. Gerard, that's that's what it is at this point. I hate I hate not seeing Stevie G uh not playing on European nights. Right. Personally, I think right now I would feel a little more comfortable not playing in the Premier League matches and playing in more in Europe. And I say that for the fact that in Europe, the game opens up a little more. Mm-hmm. You don't quite get the same pressing that you get in the Premier League. It's not as physical. Oh, yeah. Oh, certainly. Game. Yeah. And I almost feel that benefits Stevie G's game a little more. Now, that said, I understand against, you know, against Real Madrid, you're playing a team that is just so star-studded that even when they're not maybe kicking at their best, they're still better than almost everyone else in the world. And they have plenty of guys who can find that moment of brilliance. But I was a little surprised with Stevie not playing. I really thought he and Hendo would be in that starting lineup. Um, but at the same time, Balotelli, I had no problem sitting. Yeah, I think I've <laughs> of you know, course. expressed my thoughts on Balotelli lately. 
Uh, until he really comes around, I have no problem with it. Um, Coutinho has never been a great road player for Liverpool. He is he is usually very good at Anfield, and you could not always say the same, other than White Hart Lane, of course, for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. But so I can understand that. But a lot of people hated the side. I still didn't hate the side because I saw what he was doing. I saw what he was doing out there. I saw, you know, he was taking the chance for the spectacular with Markovic. Barini is such an industrious striker that, you know, he's a guy who could clean up a mistake somewhere. He's not going to be a magician with the ball, but he can clean up if something happens. Um, Lalana was still out there, which I'm, I've really been impressed over the last month with, with Adam Lalana. He's very, and this is a guy, he, I mean, he missed, he missed that big chunk early in the year due to the injury. And it, it did take him some time to get his footing. I mean, a brand new club, you know, and you're not playing really the same role that he played at Southampton, but he is really coming along. He's a really good player. Um, I, I think that might be the transfer that ends up actually paying off for Liverpool. He, he's been, he was really good. Um, Emery Chan, you know, you and I have talked about him before. Uh, maybe the replacement for Steven Gerrard. If you're not going to play Stevie, you play the kid because he's got to get the experience of playing in those. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's talented. He's good. He's talented. Joe Allen kind of stunk yesterday, and that disappointed me because I've kind of come around as a Joe Allen fan. He pretty much he stunk. Uh, I was happy to see Moreno and Manquia back out on the on the back wings. Um, hopefully, Glenn Johnson was dropped out of the plane at thirty thousand, <laughs> and you know just parachuted into a small Spanish village somewhere somewhere that'll give us like three million pounds for him. Uh, oh boy! But uh, and then uh, of course Minulay was Minulay, but whatever. Yep, there you go. I, I it, it was an interesting move, one that. Probably has paid off in the long run. Um, not not a match they were probably going to win anyway. So a you you do lose, but you do not lose in terrible fashion. You keep that goal differential sort of low, and and now maybe your players are a little rested. Yes, relatively speaking, minus four overall. But hey, Ludogorets is minus five. So there you go, and we'll see how that continues on. All right, let's continue to Group C, where Bayer Leverkusen has uh, at least. Uh, secured a place in the next round somewhere. Uh, they are at the top with nine points, so just maybe one result away from going through to the knockout round. Maybe surprisingly right now, Monaco in second, but only with five points, and now it's Wes. We got a match! Because Zenit St. Petersburg is in third with four points, and now match joined Benfica has four points, and that of course comes courtesy of a 1-0 win at Estadio de Luz in Lisbon. Talisca with a goal in the 82nd minute. Benfica looking so inept all Champions League long. They finally break through with a win. On the other side, over in St. Petersburg, it was ZSP 1, Bayer Leverkusen 2, a brace by Son Heung-min for his second and third goals of the tournament, give the German side three points over in Russia. AVB obviously not happy, but Wes, I think you actually called this the last time we talked about the Champions League. You don't trust Monaco, and here they kind of proved it. Or, on the flip side... Did Benfica finally just say, oh, we're a pretty good Portuguese side? Oh, little column to. A, little column B? 
still, still don't. Uh, I mean, you just you can't trust Monaco, and that ticks me off because I want to pull for Monaco just for the fact that you know then I can have a team in the French league that's not really French. The greatest of the principalities. I mean that that's like that's the ultimate. That's like literally having you know deliciously perfect fat-free chocolate or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I get to pull for a French team with no French actual ties. Um, they are they are what they are, and it's not good. They are bereft of the stars that a year ago they had that they played so well. If Monaco could have been in the Champions League last year mm-hmm. when they were trying to get into the Champions League, buddy, they would have been something. Yeah, Alcal, James, <laughs> you know, they would have been something. But they 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 were taken apart in the off season. And it's it's just it's not pretty what's going on at Monaco. They're lucky to still be in it personally, if you ask me. Well, they will have two tough matches uh, still remaining for them. Uh, they will have to now travel to Leverkusen uh, in week five, and in week six they will be hosting Zenit, which could be an elimination game, uh, and not just an elimination game for the knockout stage. It could be an elimination game for all of Europe, depending on how Benfica ends up doing as well. All right, going to Group D, Borussia Dortmund, another funny German side. And maybe <laughs> maybe the oddest case, and I want to touch on that in just a minute, but they have secured passage to the knockout stage, 12 perfect points, and the best goal differential in the Champions League right now, 13 goals for, just one goal against. They give up their first goal of the Champions League this week. Uh, right now, Arsenal somehow in second place with seven points. They have qualified for at least something. And then at the bottom, it is Anderlecht with two points, Galatasaray with one. Your results this week, uh, Dortmund four, Galatasaray one. Uh, Marco Royce with a 39th-minute goal open the scoring. And then Papastapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadapadap
and luckily for them, it's not gonna it's not gonna spell doom or gloom. I don't believe for Arsenal. Yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, it's not like Anderlecht or Galatasaray is getting back into it, but just for their psyche and just for the indigestion that it's going to leave the Arsenal fans. That was a really tough pill for Arsenal to swallow. And they were just two weeks removed from getting two goals right at the end to steal a win over an Anderlecht. Two to one, and now they give up this lead at home. Just stunning, stunning result for Arsenal. They, Man, they, they need to shore up that defense because right now, Alex Sanchez might be the most important player to any Premier League team. And that's that's God, he would have been great at Liverpool, like we heard all summer was going to happen. Too too bad. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, Dortmund because we're not obviously going to go really much into the Bundesliga. Jeez, what's, what, what's what's really interesting about Dortmund? Hmm. Um, they're the best team in Europe and maybe the worst team in Germany. Are they? Are they? They're a little Wigan. They're a little Wigan. Wigan, of course, a couple years ago, winning, I believe, the... Much, much, much larger stage. Exactly. Uh, They won, I believe, the FA Cup by beating Manchester... They beat Manchester City uh, and followed that up with about a month later uh, being relegated from the Premier League and never being heard from again. Uh, Dortmund right now, perfect in Europe, just dominating, and yet they are in 17th out of 18 places in the Bundesliga. What in the name of Jurgen Klopp is going on? Two wins from ten matches. It's, it's bizarre. Yeah, you know, we talked about that thirteen to one uh, goals for to goals against in Europe. It's eleven to seventeen in Germany. Um, I mean, the biggest thing. I mean, you want to talk about a team that's just gotten absolutely mauled by injuries? Yeah, it is Dortmund. You know, Mats Hummels who. You know, all you ever hear is this world-class defender, Matt Hummels. All you know now he's going to United. No, he's going to go to Madrid. No, no, I'm going to stay because I love Dortmund. Every time you hear it, he turns up and gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, next week he's going to Arsenal and he'll you know sprain his ankle and be out for a month. They're just beating the crap. Marco Royce missed uh, early in the season um, through injury that he picked up for Germany over the summer. He has really come along. He's the only one right now that's really keeping them in things. I mean, they've had injuries. Royce has been hurt. Hummels has been hurt. Gundogan has been hurt. All these guys who you're sitting there like, God, these are great players. Nuri Shaheen's been hurt. They've just, oh, man, they've just been brutalized by injuries. And then they've just been brutalized by some, uh, you know, just some unlucky stuff that's happened to them. Case in point, you know, Bayern Munich this past weekend, they had a late lead and just couldn't hold it. Yeah. And, of course, it's guys from Munich. And here's the other thing, you know. They've gotten destroyed in transfers. Well, and that's the thing. You know, yes, they have still got great players. But when every year you're losing a world-class player, yeah. and then you turn around you're losing it to your biggest rival? Yeah. God, I mean, that's just – that that's gut-wrenching. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you look across there and, uh, you know, you know uh, Goethe and Lewandowski – you know, two of the best players in Europe and guys who you basically made them into that. And then, you know, as soon as the money came calling off, they went. I mean, that's that's tough. And at some point, you know, they they have they have actually they've been good in the transfer market, you know, but but they're a team they have to spend wisely. They can't just go lavish millions upon millions upon among, you know, top flight players. They have to find kind of those diamonds in the rough, those guys that they can polish and make great players. They've done well, 
But, I mean, you can bring in two diamonds every year that you've got to polish. Are they going to equal one world-class player, though? And the answer to that is no. It's not always going to happen. True. And it's, it's, it's very disappointing. This was a team that I believe three or four years ago actually won the Bundesliga. Uh, two years ago played in the Champions League final against Bayern. Uh, just a great, great story. And now, like you say, though, losing so much talent to your rival. That's it is brutal to watch. Hopefully they can turn it around. We love Borussia Dortmund around here. We love the yellow wall. Uh, but right now it's just tough going for them. But right now, going swimmingly in the Champions League. So, man, if, if they can if they can do well there, that would be great. And maybe that'll even turn things around domestically a little bit. Uh, speaking of that hated, hated other German side, but they're kind of funny too. Uh, Bayern Munich lead Group E, and they have qualified for the next round. And they have actually qualified as group winners. Uh, they are the first team to qualify as group winners. 12 points, just like Dortmund. 11-1 uh, to 1 is their goals for the goals against. That's because the rest of Group E is the freaking Hunger Games. It's... It's not pretty. Uh, right now, you have Roma in second with four points. CSKA Moscow in third, also with four points. And and somehow, someway, because they are crap in Europe, even when they play at home, Manchester City bringing up the rear two points. This comes, of course, because they just lost yesterday, I'm sorry, today actually, to CSKA Moscow at the Etihad, one to two. Uh, Yaya Torre obviously fed tight with birthday cake. He had a goal in the eighth minute, but that was between a brace by Sedu Dumbia with a goal in the second and 34th minute. City lose again in the Champions League. And over in Munich, it was Bayern 2, Roma 0, uh, a Frank Ribere goal in the 30th minute. And there's that man, Wes. Mario Goetze adds a goal in the 64th minute. Bayern are great. What the... We, we keep asking this every time we do the Champions League. City, step up. Do something. I'm done with City. I'm done with City in the freaking God. You know, every time, every time I'm like, okay, this is the year, you know, they figured it out. They've learned their lessons. No. Same guys. What same the hell? Stupid mistakes every year. Same shit every year from those idiots. And it's, it's amazing that we care so much. I'm not a city fan. You're not a city fan, but it's like, what are you doing? Just you—you you should be winning these matches. It's—it's it's stunning. You draw at Moscow, okay? You certainly should not lose at home to them. I—I I, oh my god, I—I I don't understand. This—this this team is too frigging talented to have two points in four matches in this group. It's. I'm sorry, and that's with only a little disrespect. I'm not going to say no disrespect. Only a little disrespect to Roma and Moscow. They they should be second in this group. It's okay to lose. Is, there's still a chance for them to get out of this. Oh, certainly. They're not eliminated yet. They can still qualify for the knockout stage. They're but they're going to have to do it the hard way. Which a first coming up is a home match against Bayern, and then they're going to have to go to Roma to end things. I. Wes, I, I don't know. I don't see them getting out. I mean, the best they can hope for, I think, in, at the Allianz, or I'm sorry, at the Etihad, maybe is a point. So that gets them to three. 
then it's a must win. Not even a result. It's a must win against Roma. Well, no, because now what's going to happen, you know, Byron's clinched. And, you know, everybody in the world's telling Manchester City what shit they are. So now they'll find a way to beat Munich like 3-1 or something. They do have a propensity to rise from the ashes. I just... I don't. I don't think they'll do it this time. I. I don't know. It's. It is a confounding, confounding situation. Get. Get. To, get it together, city. You're embarrassing, England. Seriously, go home, city. You're drunk. Very. Uh, two teams that aren't drunk, though. As we go to Group F, Paris Saint Germain. Uh, they lead the table with ten points, but Barcelona nipping at their heels with nine. And of course, those two teams will play the last match week of this go-round. Uh, in third place is Ajax with two points, APOEL with one. Uh, PSG and Barca are both going through to the knockout stage. That is confirmed. Of course, they still have to play to see who will be the group winners, and that does matter very, very much, uh, especially once you get to the knockout stage. Ajax and APOEL both trying to qualify for Europa now. The loser, of course, of that will be eliminated from the European competition. Uh, this week, PSG won APOEL nil. Edison Cavani gets a goal in the first minute, uh, and then nothing else really happened. That was That's literally it. Um, although we do have history in Amsterdam, uh, as it's Ajax nil, Barca 2, but Lionel Messi, magisterially in the 36 and 76 minutes, scores, and that puts him tied for the most Champions League goals ever for a career. And all I have to say to that is, suck it, Ronaldo. I mean, that, that doesn't mean that uh, you know when they play when they play Ludogorets that Ancelotti just doesn't decide. Ah, oh, Ronaldo, we want you to get the record, go score like seven goals, and he does it. Although, to be fair, Barca's next match is against APOEL. So Messi could get like six. That's literally going to turn into what it is for like the next five years is just Barcelona and Madrid. Once they're they're through, they're just going to work on uh, Messi and Ronaldo beating each other for the record. Because don't forget, folks, these two are nowhere near being done in Europe. They're both still in their 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ronaldo may be 30. Yeah, but he yeah, is, a he's older. like better at thirty than maybe anybody ever. So true, <laughs> except for the better as good as Messi's going to be at thirty. Uh, but yeah, this this record by both these men is going to get obliterated. It's I oh. mean we we could. Are, I, mean, I think could, triple it, digits it be, are in play. It could be obliterated by the quarterfinals of the Champions League. I mean, triple digits are in play, right? Oh, absolutely. Because like I said, these two aren't going anywhere anytime soon. They're both looking at least another. God, six, seven years probably in the Champions League. Unless Ronaldo decides to go to Manchester United. He's not. He's not going anywhere. Yes. That, 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 was, that was a swipe at United. That's a <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, why does he want to go get relegated? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Liverpool Suck fan. United. Oh, uh, let's go to Group G. Now that there's nothing more really to talk about there, obviously. Um... <laughs> Another disappointing result for an English team, uh, even though they have uh, secured at least something else. Uh, it is Maribor one, Chelsea one, and of course by they I was referring to Chelsea. Uh, Ibra- Ibrahimi, 
that is Agim Ibrahimi, a very good player from Maribor. Uh, he had a wonder strike in the 50th minute just inside the 18th yard box to put Maribor up 1-0. Uh, but Chelsea were not done as Matic brings them back in the 73rd minute to get at least one for Jose Mourinho's side. Uh, and then in Lisbon, it was a crazy affair. Sporting 4, Schalke 04, 2. Uh, a lot of goals in this game. It was uh, Nani who put them up for good at 3-1 to one in the 72nd minute. Um, Chelsea currently lead with 8 points. Schalke have 5. Sporting have 4. Marbor had 3. So, Wes, we know Chelsea's going on in some cap capacity, probably going through to the knockout stage, uh, even though they do have a tough match against at Schalke left. But the rest of this group is wide open as well. Even maybe Moribor can sneak through in a third. Could. It, it's a crazy group in there. Lisbon, the Portuguese sides just are not really um, representing themselves very well here in the Champions League. Uh, you know, Lisbon sitting there, I, I, I just don't think they're very good. I, Schalk, Schalk's not having a great year in Germany. I, I just still think it's Chelsea and Schalk. Probably Lisbon still probably finishes third. It's it's kind of a group of crap. Oh, did you say group of crap? Let's go to Group H. <laughs> Why not? With a, with a Portuguese side that is actually doing pretty good. Uh, Porto, ho, Jose Mourinho. Uh, they have qualified for the knockout round. They have 10 points. Uh, Shakhtar Donetsk. They will be playing something, and most likely with eight points uh, and five clear of third place, they will also be advancing to the knockout stage of the Champions League. BATE Borisov currently in third place with three points, and maybe one of the surprises of the tournament, Athletic Bilbao, just one point through four matches now. They fall at home to Porto this week, 2-0. Uh, Jackson Martinez, one of the top goal scorers of the Champions League so far this season. He has a 56-minute strike. And then it's Yassin Brahimi, also with, I believe, five goals this tournament. He has it as a 73rd-minute goal in Lviv over in the Ukraine. It's Shakhtar Donetsk 5, BATE 0. Alex Teixeira, everyone's favorite Teixeira, scores a goal in the 40th minute. Luis Adriano adds three as well in the route of Borisov. Um, two pretty good teams, but this is the most unsexy group ever. And yet Bilbao might be eliminated from all European competition because of it. Bilbao stinks. I mean, they're sitting 11th right now in La Liga. <sighs> I, uh, I can't figure that out. I, I was I was really excited about Bilbao this year. You were? Ten matches, three wins, five losses, two draws. That's in La Liga. Mm -hmm. So they're they're mired in mediocrity there. Uh, they, they just they disappointed me so You they called them be, you called them to win the group? I did. They disappointed me so and they should feel terrible for doing it. Oh, I'm sure they do. They have one freaking draw out of this. This is crap. Borisov has won a match and given up 19 goals. Yep. What's your problem? What's your problem, Bilbao? You have his dead freaking last a bait. I wonder who the master of Borisov is. 
That joke's never going to go away. No, it's not at all. It's terrible, but who's the who's the master of uh, B-A-T-E Borisov? Um, I mean, th- there's there's not a lot to say about that group. Uh, group H is group hell, as yeah. in hell for any viewer to have to watch. Yeah, one of those teams is going to win it, though. Uh, Porto right now in the driver's seat to come out as group champions. Um, who knows? Maybe maybe they'll get drawn against Barcelona, though, in the first knockout round. You never know. But that is the Champions League. Of course, it picks back up again November 25th and 26th, so just a couple of weeks, uh, three weeks from now. And Oh, I know you can't. It, it's gonna. It's it's a do or die week. Do or die week. Uh, the march to Berlin continues. Probably the greatest march to Berlin since the Americans and the uh, British in '45. Yeah, there used to be a lot of marching in and out of Berlin. Now we're now we're going to Berlin. That's and then, and then of course the Russians from the Eastern Front. So. Oh. We can't talk about that anymore. Um. Now we go to the uh, a quick look. At the uh, upcoming Europa League matches, of course, which by the time you listen to this will have already taken place. But we will preview them anyway, just two to preview. Uh, In Group C, it will be Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, Fresh off a victory on the weekend, they will be heading to Greece to take on Asteras Tripoli, who they defeated just two weeks ago. 5-1 5-1 at White Hart Lane, looking to take control of Group C away from Besiktas. And as we head over to Group H, Group H, uh, Everton, who currently sit atop the group, well, they this week will be hosting Lille. Wes, have you booked your plane ticket to go to Goodison Park and give Everton all sorts of hell? Oh. And, cheer, and cheer on Divac Rigi and try to, try to put a red jersey on him. I want to know how many red jerseys are going to be in the stands at that match because you know all the Liverpool fans are going to be wanting to get in, getting a good look at Divock Origi. And, and also give Everton crap, I assume. Oh, well, of course. <laughs> and to completely pull against Everton. Oh, the chanting that could go on there could be amazing. All right, so that is your European wrap-up. And, and really quick, oh, can I throw one in? You know, since, of sure. course, we mentioned that the you know, the Champions League final – uh, is in Berlin this year. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, do you know where your Europa League final is? Uh, Warsaw. Warsaw. So Germany gets its big championship and Poland gets the secondary championship. At least they didn't get annexed. <sighs> or invaded. It's small victories at this point. Hey, Poland, Poland <laughs> beat Germany. So that's well, and, and, I, and I don't believe any at this point, I don't believe going through any German teams are uh, set to get into Europa. So. Yeah. I believe, I think that should have been the uh, that should have been who 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 hosts what I think Poland v Germany should have been who hosts the Champions League final who hosts the Europe's League final so really the Champions League final should be in Warsaw I think that's how it works yeah the the, the national stadium in Warsaw not quite what you're going to get in Berlin so uh, it's it's not uh, it's, uh, the record attendance in a uh, in Warsaw is uh, 61,500. If they do it in Turkey, they can do it in Poland. Oh, Istanbul. I told you. And I just made you happy, and now I'm going to make you sad again as we hit our Premier League matches. I refuse this- to talk about the Premier League. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will do some talking then. Um, your scores from this past weekend. Oh, Wes. Newcastle 1, Liverpool 0. Chateau Nouveau getting new life under Alan Pardieu. 
Uh, also, it was Arsenal 3, Burnley nil. Burnley just can't score for anything. Uh, Chelsea 2, QPR 1, little nervy match. Everton nil, Swansea nil, very exciting. Hull nil, Southampton 1, they just keep winning. Leicester nil, West Brom 1, they're very, they're actually a pretty good side. Stoke 2, West Ham 2, sorry, Big Sam. Uh, then on Sunday, you had Manchester City 1, United nil in the Manchester Derby. And in, I can't believe they pulled it off, Aston Villa 1, Tottenham Hotspur Two and on Monday Night Football, Crystal Palace one, Sunderland three. Sunderland get a big three points at Selhurst Park, which I was able to watch the last ten minutes of. Thanks, Axbees, for putting it on NBC for no apparent reason. All right, let's 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 go through a few of these matches a little more in depth. Uh, Sergio Aguero puts Man City ahead one nil, and that's how it goes as United hopes are dashed. For yet another derby, uh, I believe City have taken six of the past seven in this contest. Uh, Louis Van Gaal again left to wonder why are his players so stupid, and in this case, it's Chris Smalling. Chris, Chris Smalling needs to be like they just need to blind and blindfold him and gag him, put him in the trunk of a car, and just drop him off down the coast somewhere. Does uh does he need to also be t- dropped off at a small Spanish country? Or small Spanish needs, team. No, he needs to be sent to like Siberia for that. That he's wow. That's that was literally one of the dumbest displays I've ever seen by a professional footballer. It was really bad. Of course, the uh, his first card came for obstructing Joe Hart attempting to make a punt, uh, and of course we saw that most famously just this summer happen uh, for <laughs> Brazil, uh, where Thiago Silva had it happen uh, against Ecuador. Uh, no, Colombia. Colombia. Yeah. Yeah, Colombia in the uh, Elite Eight, which of course saw him get a yellow card, his second one of the tournament, which saw him miss the German match, although maybe that was better for him. Um, so that was Smalling. Stink on. Yeah, that was Smalling's first foul, and then just a silly, silly, silly foul in the 39th minute sent him get sent off for his second yellow. And of course, maybe bigger news for United Marcos Rojo, the Jogo for Rojo is no more Novo. Uh, he has been stretchered off. He may miss up to a month. Um, United just starting to find themselves, clawing themselves back into the Premier League, and now now just falling apart again, Wes. Beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> um, I mean, just getting back to Smalling, I mean, what the hell do you think this is? I mean, I know, I know the NFL has come to England, I think, two or three times already this year. And apparently, oh, my favorite thing of the week, um, hashtag Cowboys UK, which of course spells Cowboys suck, but whatever. Um, Nice. I mean, did he think he was like going to try to block a punt? You you know, I mean, that is like grade school 101. If you do that in grade school, you know, on the on the field during recess or during PE class, the PE coach is going to blow the whistle and say, no, get away. You can't do that anymore. If you do it again, you're going to have to sit down. I mean, they're telling them that at age seven in America. Yep. America of all places. And Chris Mullen goes out there and does it in the middle of the freaking Manchester Derby. He's an idiot. If Alex Ferguson were still alive, the hairdryer would have come out (laughs) and literally I think he would have been beaten over the head with the hairdryer. Oh, he would have followed him down the tunnel. 
Oh, I, mean, I, I, I don't think he would have stayed in to get the second card if Alex Ferguson were still actually alive. It, it would. I mean, no, no, you did that. Get your ass off. Go away. Go. We're we're training you to MK Dons. <laughs> hey, at least there'll be a chance for promotion. At least I have a chance to beat uh beat United then. So, I it's it was just so stupid. Um. But I mean, and to bring it back a little bit to the slightly Chris Smalling, of course, of course, England international. Um, Speaking of another England international, though, back in his first match after a three-game ban for a straight red, Wayne Rooney is he the anti-United talisman this year? He sucks. (laughs) We're getting brutally honest, Wes, tonight. You are getting brutally honest, Wes. I hate Wayne Rooney. Obviously, he's going to help. There's no doubt about it. He's, he's going to help when he comes back. But he's, once again, for Rooney, it's going to come down. Somebody's got to give him some service. And, you know, of course, as soon as I talk good about United, they completely fall apart. But, huh, maybe that's an idea. God, I just, I love United so much. I think Van Hall's probably going to be manager of the year. And, I mean, they're probably going to win the Premier League. I like where you're going with this. I love where I'm going with this. Let's go, uh, Wes. We got to talk about it. Well, by uh, the way, Wayne Rooney, you know, has spent how much money on his head and still has a bald spot? It's making him more aerodynamic. That's it. Uh, let's, Wes. Let's travel to St. James Park, St. No. James Park. We got, we got to talk about it. Nope. Ayozi, don't call him Rosie Perez with a goal in the 73rd minute against a suspect Liverpool back line uh, who tried desperately to clear it, desperately, maybe maybe like a desperate housewife. They fail to. Perez snaps on it and puts Alan Pardew's men ahead. Uh, Wes, we, we sang Liverpool's praises. We sang about moral victories just about a half hour ago. <laughs> I don't think you're going to be doing that now, especially not that now that brutally honest Wes has come out. The only person I'm going to actually give some credit in that game, shockingly, is Mario Balotelli. Oh, okay. Uh, first and foremost, there should has there should have been a straight red uh, on a couple of tackles, especially the second tackle on Balotelli, uh, where it was it was so egregious it was not even it, it wasn't even close to anything. It should have been straight red. So Newcastle should have been down to ten men before they ever took the lead in that match. Um, Balotelli for all the fact that, you know, we paid money for a striker to score goals. He's not doing that. Um, I will give it to him. He was very industrious. He worked hard in that match. Um, once again, not what we paid all the money for. We, we want somebody to actually score goals, Mario. That would help. But the fact that he is trying, I'll give him some credit on that. Um, Liverpool, God, they've just been so wasteful. You know, now, yes, it's not quite like a year ago with the service, but I really think the service has still been fine for Liverpool. They just don't have anybody to put the freaking ball in the net. Yeah. And, I mean, it, God, it all comes down to Daniel Sturridge, who, you know, I just I have this terrible fear with just the way the season's going. We're going to get Sturridge back. He's going to play four games. He's going to look like the all-world guy that we need. And then he's going to, like, slip on a banana peel and be out for another two months. Um, I will also say a, li- a little disconcerting, I think, especially going against Newcastle. Although, who knows? Maybe Newcastle are world beaters now. Um, only five shots mustered 
one by Glenn Johnson and one of those by Martin Skirtle and one by Alberto Moreno. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's bad, man. It's just it's not good. And that back line, I mean, A, the, once again, I've told you where I think Glenn Johnson should be, in a village in Spain riding a camel somewhere. Yep. I guess they have camels in Spain. I don't really know that much about Spain. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, just know they have good rice. Yeah, that's sure. them. We'll go with that. Good, good old Spanish in their rice. Um, Glenn Johnson needs to take a long walk off a short pier. And he can find a few of those in Liverpool. So, right. good luck to him on that. I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he'll be wide. <laughs> but anyway, terrible joke. Sorry. That's fine. The Liverpool defense looked like crap for another week. Um, but at the end, I just I think they were unlucky. I think they deserved a draw. I thought we outplayed them for a lot of the game. Just once again, no. There's no finish. There's no bite. There's no edge. The the pressure has gotten to Sterling. Sterling can't handle it all by himself. Um, even though I mean he he's still impressive. He's just he's not able to score like you want him to at this point in his career. It's still impressive player, but uh, oh man, I just I, I I don't really know what to say at this point. Is um, it is it fair for Rogers to start feeling some heat? No. Okay. And I, I'm a manager guy. You got to understand that. I'm a, I'm a manager guy. I just, I believe that what he did last year proved that he can win and that he can win big and he can do, he knows what he's doing. It's just right now, it's just not working. And the Sturridge injury, I mean, I'm telling you, Sturridge was the one player we could not afford to lose yeah. because after losing Suarez, he was the only proven goal scorer. And we lost him, of course, exactly at the point we needed him because we were playing good football. I mean, it was the Spurs match. Spurs match were great. We're rampant. Oh, man, it's Liverpool of old. And then, you know, he goes to play for England, and we have literally not seen him since. Yeah. And that was September, I believe. So, oh, man, he made the trip to Madrid this week, which is a good sign. I do believe there's a chance. He probably will not be back at all for Chelsea. But I believe the next week there's a chance he can be back. And his health his health is going to determine Liverpool having a chance to get back into the Champions League and break back into the top four. Because right now, just the way everybody's playing, like I said, no one other than Chelsea is taking the bull and running with it. I give some credit to Southampton, too. They're playing really well right oh, now. Oh, certainly. But no one's taking the no one's taking the ball as we say in America. No one's taking the ball and running for the end zone. No. Um, I mean Liverpool right now. I mean we're sitting here, you know, doom, gloom, dread, and death, and we're sitting in seventh, and we're three points out of a Champions League spot. Yeah, that is very true. And it's only Arsenal sitting ahead of us. You know? <laughs> so, well, Arsenal, Arsenal are locked into fourth. So, well, you know, but I mean it's Swansea and West Ham who. As well as they're playing right now, you've just got to figure there's going to be some drop back from those teams. So, I mean, Liverpool are sitting there, and they, they're going to have a very good chance to get up there. It's just they have got to get the goal score. And, I mean, I don't know. I get You've got to look at your options in January. Yes, in January, you pay a premium for players. But I think Liverpool need to find a goal score in January. And, of course, Ed, you remember – 
really my most out of all the moves Liverpool made over the summer, I like most all of them. The move that just devastated me was Loic Remy. Yep. I was I was so excited for bringing in Loic Remy, and then at the last minute that whole thing just got scuttled and just fell apart. I just I think he could have given us that edge, especially with Sterling or I'm sorry Sturridge missing the matches he had, I believe Remy would have been a much, much better fit for Liverpool than Balotelli is. Oh, certainly. Oh, God, yes. And he would have been literally half the price. Yeah. it's That, that was a tough break. Um, let's get happy. Let's talk about Aston Villa 1, Tottenham Hotspur 2. Uh, Andreas Weiman opens the scoring uh, for maybe the entire month for Aston Villa in the 16th minute. But Tottenham... Gritty, determined Tottenham respond eventually after uh, Christian Betanke. 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 Yeah, that's right. I put the curse on him. After he gets sent off after a tussle with Ryan Mason in the 65th minute, he got a straight red for no touching, hands to the face. Uh, And finally, it was Nasser Chadley. God, I love Nasser Chadley. Uh, In the 84th minute, and then here he, I am. Rock you like a Harry Kane in the 90th minute on a free kick off kind of off the head of Nathan Baker, but we'll take it anyway, gives Spurs a huge three points. And Wes, I will say this as frustrating as that match was to watch as frustrating as Spurs have been this year. In one way, it's been a disappointing season. On the other hand, you look at start to look at their wins. Okay. They win at West Ham, which at first you're like, eh, that's not that great. But they did it with 10 men, and now it looks pretty good. And it was at West Ham. You beat QPR badly at home. That's kind of what you're supposed to do. You would get a win at home against a red-hot Southampton team. Okay, that's good. And now you get a win come from behind at Aston Villa, who are not great, and maybe you should have won that game without falling behind. But this is a win that maybe other Spurs teams don't get. There are obviously things that need to be fixed here. The first of which I think is getting Harry Kane more Premier League starts. Because right now, in my opinion, Emmanuel Adebayor and Danny Rose never need to see a Premier League pitch again. They just don't. They're terrible. Maybe we can uh, maybe we can package steal Danny Rose and Glenn Johnson to some Spanish village. Uh, you know, no. How about we just do a straight swap? Adebayor and Rose for Johnson and Balotelli. I would take Rose over Johnson in a heartbeat. I would take that for you. Uh, I don't know if I want out of buy or anywhere near my team unless he's in a contract year. There you go. Um, Hell, he can be worse right now. So. There you go. And so I, I, I think there is a lot of pessimism right now for Spurs, and and deservedly so. But I also feel like there should be a lot of optimism, and maybe, maybe we'll, we're going to finally start to see if Pochettino is a good manager or not. Because I don't, I don't see how you can ignore Harry Kane and leave him and start him on the bench for Premier League matches anymore. You know what's really weird about Spurs? What's that? You're basically melding two sorts of fan bases together mm-hmm. because you have the old school Spurs fan base, a, a largely Jewish mm-hmm. um, fan base in London, who for years have been beaten down and beaten down and have been told that they suck. And kind of have the little brother syndrome to Arsenal and are always just waiting for the bottom to fall out. 
And then, you know, literally due to the Clint Dempsey effect a few years ago, you know, Spurs fanship in the United States has just exploded. Mm-hmm. And United States fans just as a whole, as a collective are, you know, we've heard the men and Blazers talk about this before. U.S. fans are always sitting there thinking, well, you know, there's 30 seconds left in regulation. We can get this game tied up. Mm-hmm. You know, they're always just you, United States people are just they're so brutally optimistic. For it's their the sport. indomitable American spirit, Wes. Exactly. It's the indomitable American spirit that will find a way to make this uh, make this work. At least you've got those two fan bases just clashing together <laughs> and the English, the you know, the, the Jewish Englishmen who sit there every week, hi, they have a stink. And you've got the Americans, oh, man, the Harry Kane is so good. And they're like, ah, oh, he'll, he'll leave as soon as somebody comes up with some money. Hey, don't talk bad about Harry Kane. He's going to be England's striker the next World Cup. Well, that's what I'm saying. But most Spurs fans probably in, uh, most Spurs fans in London uh, probably feel he'll probably be doing it wearing a Manchester City shirt. <laughs> oh, God, man, no, no, no. He's one of our own, Harry Kane. He's one of our own. Oh, so good win for Spurs, though. Uh, they pick up a much-needed Premier League win to go with their many uh, European and uh, Capital One Cup, Cupity Cup wins so far this season. So we take a quick look at the Premier League table as it stands heading into this weekend's matches. Uh, Chelsea still atop at 26. And I'll tell you what, I mentioned that Spurs defeat of Southampton. Southampton get a win in that match. They'd be only one point behind Chelsea. So as good as Chelsea have been this year, amazing, Southampton would be just one point back. As it stands, they are four points back in second. City, whatever the hell they're doing, they're in third with 20 points. Arsenal, as customary, in fourth with 17. West Ham, though, also with 17 points in fifth place. And as we head to the bottom, uh, Crystal Palace right now at the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone, 17th place with nine points. Leicester, poor Leicester, also with nine points. They're in 18th. QPR in 19th with seven points. And then Burnley, winless, winless Burnley, just four points. Come on, Burnley, get a win. Let's see who they're playing this weekend as we get you set up. Wes, we we start with Liverpool again this weekend at 7.45 a.m. Liverpool hosts Chelsea. Nothing can go wrong there. Call me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I I, I put a post somewhere on Bleacher Report this week that, uh, that actually began with those words. Call me crazy, but I really think Miami has a shot to upset Florida State. Uh, The indomitable American spirit. I'm I'm the most optimistic slash pessimistic human being always at the same time. Because as much as I've dog shit taught Liverpool, I would not be shocked. Would not be shocked to see 2-1 Liverpool. Maybe we'll see. Uh, right now, Betagy has it at one nil Chelsea. Um, the and, other and that's probably that is probably what's going to happen. Well, the other one, the other one who I can't read their graphic. Maybe they're called B Sports. Um, they have it one one. I'm just. Uh, that's always one of the. That's just. That's one of those fixtures. You know, if you look back through the history, if you look at Everton, Liverpool, if you look at. Man United, Liverpool, you know, those rivals. Crazy crap happens. 
Well, I mean, they they usually seem like they put points on the board against each other. Somehow, there always ends up being four, five, six goals in those kind of matches. Chelsea-Liverpool is usually a dogfight mm-hmm. that is dirty and ugly, and it's not a beautiful game to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, there have been more nil-nil, one-one Liverpool-Chelsea matches in the last decade than I think anyone could really stomach to watch, and none of them were good-looking matches. Those two just bring out kind of a dogfight mentality. I don't think there's not a real hatred between Chelsea and Liverpool. There was when Mourinho was there back in the day because of uh, because of the 2005 Champions League. Oh, yes. Um, where, you know, the supposed phantom goal at, uh, at Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. <laughs> well, I think at Chelsea's home for a second. I, I wanted to say Goodison so bad, and I knew it wasn't Goodison. Oh. Um, but there was some animosity there, but there's not, there's not that much animosity and hate between Liverpool and Chelsea. They just go at each other and they play really, really hard, um, English football against each other. Oh, it's going to be fun. Uh, I can't wait to see the result of that one. Uh, at 10 AM, you'll get five more. I can, I can wait a long time actually. So yes, uh, four more matches at 10 AM, including Burnley hosting Hull city. Burnley may be trying to get their first one of the season. Manchester United hosting crystal palace. Come on, palace Southampton, hoping, uh, Southampton hosting Leicester, uh, West Ham hosting Aston Villa. And then at 1230, your Arlo white match of Saturday QPR gets man city. Which would anybody be shocked if QPR wins that match at this point? Yes, because it's red nap. Well, Harry, Harry will fuck up whatever they can do. This. You know, to be fair though, they scored enough goals to beat Liverpool. That doesn't say a lot. Yeah, well. <laughs> On Sunday, your matches look like this: uh, three at eight thirty a.m., including Sunderland hosting Everton at the Stadium of Light. Tottenham gets Stoke. That'll be a beautiful matchup, I'm sure. And then West Brom hosts Chateau Nouveau. And then at 11 a.m., it's Swansea versus Arsenal. Can't wait to see a 1-1 draw. Oh, I don't know. That one's going to be wide open. Really? I think there's going to be goals in that one. Gil- Gilfie versus Alexis. Use me goals, lots of goals, lots and lots and lots of goals. And West, then we go on international break again. Of course we do. I don't know. Literally, and then we get to hear you talk about England. Literally the one break that no one wants to take. You know, you go to work, man, I've got a 10-minute break coming up. Oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be magical. You know, this is the break that no one wants. This is the break where you have to stand outside in the cold and, you know, um, wait to try to let the snack machine take your dollar or something. Well, if uh, if QPR do what I predict they will do, uh, it might be City needing this international break pretty soon. <laughs> um, let's take a quick look at, um, you know what, screw it, we're not even going to look at that today. We'll save that for next week when we, when we go on international break. We'll talk rumors next week. That's cool. All right, we'll talk, because, we'll do that. Because I know you put the Stevie G deal on there. I don't even think that's really... A viable rumor. Well, it, it, it got it got a low rating, I would say, but well, it uh, did. and then uh, and then even in the last day or so, the the betting line because you know the English they have to bet on literally everything. Of course, um, the betting line got absolutely slashed on that. So I don't think anybody thinks Stevie G's going anywhere. Hey, did you hear how he might be going to the New York Cosmos? Yeah. I can't even say that without laughing. Not a chance. If he goes anywhere, I have heard, I have heard uh, you know L.A. could be a stop for him. Um, God, just poor Steven in his pasty white skin. I've heard City could be a stop. 
Nah, he's not going to City. Worked for Frank Lampard. Rejuvenated him. Yeah, but you know, uh, Gerard and Lampard, they can't play together, so. That that is that is a good point. Well, Lampard will be at uh, NYCFC by then. Obviously. I'm just saying they, they can't they can't do the same thing. So. Oh, of course they, they don't can. play they don't play well together. Oh, uh, let's talk about American football. Uh, a crazy week we just had, of course, in college football. Uh, a lot of tightness coming up here. A lot of a lot of squeaky bum time happening. Of course, Florida State. The big news: they survived last Thursday in Louisville, forty-two to thirty-one. Uh, Arkansas gave Mississippi State a scare, but MSU stays undefeated with a seventeen-ten win. Auburn, in the most. I don't even know if we they qualified anymore, and yet it's another mysterious, mysterious Jogo as they go to Ole Miss and get a 35-31 win when one of Ole Miss's best wide receivers fumbles while almost being horse collar tackle at the goal line and ends up getting injured on the play. Oh, terrible sights. Otherwise, uh, TCU gets a huge win at West Virginia. Tough place to play. Uh, they a field goal at the death wins it for them, thirty-one thirty. Uh, we're not going to talk about Florida Georgia, but it happened. We're just going to skip that. Uh, other big Pac-12 matches, though. Uh, UCLA beats Arizona seventeen-seven, uh, ending Arizona's chances of making the football playoff. Uh, Arizona State stays alive, however. They get a big win in overtime against Utah, who is very good, nineteen to sixteen. Very Big Tenish. Um, but it's the, warm. Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh, it's Tempe. It's beautiful. And it's Tempe, baby. Gorgeous scenery. And that's all we'll say about that. Buddy, buddy, buddy. Uh, Wes, what was what was your uh, most surprising result of this past week? Oh, God. The game we're not going to talk about, Florida, Georgia. I yes. mean, talking about utter devastation for a fan base. I mean, God, Florida literally right now it was like the – the, the doormat that everybody was wiping their feet on, you know, the punching bag that everybody was taking shot after shot at, and they stink. I'm telling you, Florida's not good. Yeah. Yet Mark Rick always seems to find a way to lose a game that he needs to win. So, uh, you know. <laughs> there, was, there was an article in, uh, on ESPN.com uh, with, I believe it's Travis Haney. Maybe okay. um, we'll call him that. Who basically started polling a bunch of other coaches and and getting them their anonymous opinions of Rick. And basically, there the consensus is, well, pretty much anyone could probably fall into nine wins a year at Georgia, which is basically what Mark Rick has done. So the question is, Wes, it shouldn't matter much anymore for Todd Gurley because he's probably done at the end of this year, uh, and he will be heading to greener pastures in the NFL. But you are still a bit of a Georgia supporter. You you like the dogs. I, I, I like the dogs before Gurley went there. I even I even did my small bit as a fan to uh, help sway Ty Gurley in his decision. There you go. So all you dog fans out there, you can you can partially thank old Wes for you know, just kind of dropping that to Todd every now and then. Hey man, you look great in Georgia red. Ah uh, yeah yeah, that sounds good. Does uh does Mark Rick need to go? Oh, God. And see, this is such a tough thing because when – it's the Southeastern Conference, man. Yeah. You know, it's 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 the arms race. It's basically the Soviet Union versus the United States in the 70s and the 80s. It's the arms race. 
you're the University of Georgia. You can get players out the wazoo. There's no problem getting players at Georgia. But, man, I'm going to tell you, the the only thing right now, I think the, the, the one thing right now that has saved Mark Rick through the years is that literally he may be one of the best human beings in the state of Georgia, if not the entire Southeastern Conference. Very true. Very good. Very good disciplinarian. It's just, well, he's a disciplinarian. And it's one of those things. It's like, you could be, oh, God, we got to fire Rick. We got to fire Rick. And that week ESPN, of course, breaks out there. Oh, you know, they've adopted 23 children from overseas and they do missionary work. It's like, (sighs) come on, man. (laughs) I mean, it's just, how can you dislike Mark Rigged on any level. It's like, I mean, you know, he's a cool, calm guy. You know, he's just, I mean, he he's the kind of person that we all hope and try to strive to be like. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, Nick Saban, God, Saban's the devil. But damn it, Saban's got four rings. Yes, he does. <laughs> and Saban just knows how to win football games. And Rick... Bless Mark Rick's heart. That, that's the most Southern thing you can say. Bless his yes. heart. Mark Rick is a fantastic coach. If you want to go nine and three, ten and two every year, mm-hmm. he's great for that. If you want to get to the SEC championship game with two or three losses already, Mark Rick is fantastic for that. But you know what? The University of Georgia has gotten to a point where the the University of Georgia wants to win another national championship. Yeah. The last one they won was 1980. Mm-hmm. So basically that that's that's not in my lifetime. Not Definitely in my not lifetime. yours. Yep. Definitely not in yours, not in mine. A couple years before I was even here. Um at I, some point yeah. in it, if it was not the SEC, I don't think it would be a problem. Yeah. This is the Southeastern Conference where you know, the 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 most horrible thing in the world that Georgia fans can think of is Florida winning three national titles since they last won one, and that's exactly what's happened. Do you, do you know how I can prove what you're saying is right That because of the SEC? Go. I will say two words, and that's it. Shoot. Frank Beamer. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. There, there's nothing else you can say. I mean, that, that's it. I mean, it's and I will. I will also say this though about Georgia: if you do want to pull the trigger, you damn well better have his replacement already signed, sealed, and delivered, and he better be great. Oh yeah. I mean, you cannot. You can't sit out there and turn around and have a two-month coaching search and have five guys tell you no. Yeah. Even though I'm, I'm just I'm of the belief. That right now, if you're going to get a job in the Southeastern Conference, I really don't know if there's a more attractive job than the <sighs> University of Georgia would be. Oh God, they 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 can get basically whatever talent they want. It's mm-hmm. a great place. You're not in Florida. Um, well, and here's the thing: you're in the East. Yeah, that's it. It's not. It's not the gauntlet hunger game. I've called it the Hunger Games the last month. Mm-hmm. It's not the Hunger Games where every week on ESPN we have a top five matchup between SEC West teams. Mm-hmm. You're in the East where right now you are positioned to be the big dog. Mm-hmm. 
you will walk into an immensely talented football team on day one. Good resources. In oh, excellent resources, excellent facilities, in one of the most talent-rich states in the country. Mm-hmm. And the state of Florida is literally right down the road. Yeah. I mean, there is you can recruit so easily at the University of Georgia. It's never been recruiting that's been Rick's problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, I mean, just look at the guys who've come through Georgia. I mean, you, you look at the quarterbacks. I mean, God, Matt Stafford immediately jumps off the page. They couldn't do crap with Matt Stafford. You know, this year, you've got Todd Gurley. And, of course, you, for whatever whatever that's worth, um, you know, I'm, I'm, of course, still smarting from the South Carolina loss. Yeah. I just, I really, I think you need to make, I think, I think it's time for a change at the University of Georgia. And if Rick goes, you got to take Mike Bobo with him. Of course. Oh. Bobo's, Bobo kills you. Bobo's horrible. It's, it's really bad. Um, if, you could, if you could pick, if you could just pluck any coach and, and stick it in there, who, who would you take right now? Uh, oh, let's think about that. Well, I guess I, sh- I guess I should put the, like the limit like within within some bit of reason, like well, like okay. like Saban's not going to go there. Obviously, yeah, you're not getting Saban. You right. know? Um, do you know right now if I'm the University of Georgia, who my who my number one target would be? I just came up with an idea, but go. I don't think it's the same one you have. So go ahead. My number one target is Jim Harbaugh. Holy shit! That was my idea. I mean, because I saw something the other day. Harbaugh is Harbaugh seems to be quite unhappy in San Francisco right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, you bring Harbaugh in, you're talking about a guy who that is saving like intensity, buddy. Yeah. I, I mean, I, the only reason I wouldn't have said that was because I feel like if he'd want to go to the college game, he'd go back to Michigan, and that job's probably going to be open at the end of this year. It but, will be. But oh. that's it. I mean, if you <sighs> want to, if you know, <sighs> somebody like Jim Harbaugh. Oh, Harbaugh's God. a guy who Harbaugh wants that challenge. Harbaugh loves a challenge. I mean, God, he took over the 49ers. They were they were flaming garbage. He took over Stanford. They were flaming garbage. Yeah. You walk into a place where you have resources, you have infrastructure, you have things put in place, but, man, you've got to run the SEC gauntlet. You don't think that he would get his rocks off you know, getting to go against Malzahn and Saban. Well, we saw the wars he had against Pete Carroll exactly. in college. God, I mean, j- j- just think about it. Everyone talks about the ESPN SEC bias and how they talk about the SEC. Buddy, can you think of a more anticipated coaching matchup than Harbaugh versus Saban? Yeah, against anyone. Saban, Malzahn, the hat. I mean, but, I mean, just Saban, oh, Saban has just this, Saban obviously, and he's deserved it, has just this mythical stature in college yeah. football right now. He is basically, he's the most hated man in college football outside of the Alabama fan base. Mm-hmm. And you bring in such a polarizing guy as Jim Harbaugh. Like right now, Harbaugh, he is the anti, he's the anti-Mark Rick. Yeah. Rick, who doesn't get upset, who doesn't get angry. Harbaugh, who will absolutely like try to break someone's arm who's standing near him when the time's right. I just, I think that would be, well, I mean, if Harbaugh leaves the 49ers or is thinking about leaving, he is, he's everybody's number one choice. Mm -hmm. If you as the university of Georgia could go out and get that guy, that is the statement of purpose for your entire program. I mean, that, that is the game changer. You instantly become a credible 
team that can win the national championship, not just a team who, well, things fall right, they'll win it. Yeah. Or not just a team who's talented enough but not tough enough. I think you're exactly right. Oh, that would be a magical hire. Harbaugh, man. Harbaugh. Oh, it could, it could happen. But, of course, knowing Georgia, they'll go after, um, you know. Rich Rodriguez. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> No, no, no. That would that would be literally that would be the most un Georgia hire of all time. It really would be. No, they'll go for some coordinator at Lake Vanderbilt or something. Oh, great. Um, well, let's get you set up for this weekend's games. Uh, a lot of ranked on ranked action again this week. Uh, at ten o'clock, uh, this is just going more in ranked order, not time order. Ten o'clock on ESPN Saturday. Uh, Oregon travels to Utah on what could be their final test before the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, Eight o'clock on CBS, Alabama, LSU. Uh, That's, you know, just nothing there. Uh, My nipples are tingling just thinking about all that defense that's going to be played. Oh, God. Well, it's 730 on Fox. Seven versus six. Kansas State versus TCU. That's an elimination game. For the college football playoff right there. Both teams come in at 7-1. Kansas State right now 5-0 in the Big 12. TCU would jump into the driver's seat with a win, though. Uh, at 8 p.m., if you want to watch it, I guess, on ABC, it's Ohio State, Michigan's Big Ten football. Sorry, Kelsey. Well, uh, well Michigan State, I mean, that, yeah. that does, if nothing else, that does kind of save you a little bit, but um, mm. not that that's actually worth watching at all. Yeah. At 3.30 p.m., we talked about Tempe earlier, ABC, number 10 Notre Dame versus number 9 Arizona State. Uh, tell you, that, that could be the one that could be the one that gets Notre Dame. Yeah, that's that will that will either eliminate or spiral Notre Dame into the playoff. Uh, and maybe the same for Arizona State, because if they win that game, I mean if they run the table and then beat and then beat Oregon in the Pac-12 title game, I I, I, I am I feel like they'll be a sure a playoff spot. That'd be crazy. That'd be crazy because who in God's name would have thought that uh, that Arizona State would be anywhere near the playoff? Not I. Uh, at noon, it will be Baylor versus Oklahoma in a 12-15 matchup, and those are your ranked-on-ranked action. Of course, Georgia, looking to rebound, will travel to Kentucky. That will be at noon on ESPN. As we transition to college basketball, starts next Friday. Just about everybody plays. Uh, the preseason All-America team has been announced by the AP. Uh, Marcus Page, the point guard for North Carolina, is on there, as well as our own Montrez Harrell, the forward from Louisville, who is also a junior. Uh, they are joined by another junior, Fred Van Vliet from Wichita State, and they're rounded out by senior Frank Kaminsky from Wisconsin and Jaleel Okafor, the freshman from Duke, Okafor becomes the third freshman in the last five years and the third freshman ever to be named to the preseason All-America team. And we know how well that worked out for Harrison Barnes. <laughs> He's a champ. Oh. And, of course, of course, just looking at that team, um, I mean, who's not naming a guy Frank Kaminsky and putting him at Wisconsin? Oh, of course. There, there was only one destination. I mean that's that that is so so big ten so big ten Frank Kaminsky Kaminsky oh yeah. and the fact that he's a big white guy who basically is a sophomore average like four points a game 
I feel like I feel like we were actually he averaged uh, fourteen, but you know. I said as a as a sophomore. Oh, oh I'm now, sorry. I'm but sorry. Literally within two years ago, he averaged like four points a game and was the biggest afterthought on their team. So yes, he did have a breakout junior season, but I mean Kaminsky was he's not an Okafor who was. Oh, no. you know, he's not even a page who were everybody figured would come in and turn into all American type players. Certainly, and the the crazy thing about that is America was robbed of another chance to see him play as uh, Wisconsin. Unfortunately, did not make the final four this past year, even though I still think they should have beat Kentucky. And Kentucky oh. kind of luck sacked their way through. Uh, we'll bring you a slightly, slightly more comprehensive college basketball preview next week. Uh, as we'll just be a few days shy of the season, but wanted to get you that out there. Are, are there any surprises, Wes, or, or would you have would you have stuck someone else in this preseason All American team? Would you take somebody out? Uh, dude, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I can't keep up with who the hell sticks around in college basketball anymore. It's, it's a true story. True story. Done with them. Page. I'm really happy to see Page. I'm as not a Carolina fan. Yes, but um, I just uh, I think Page is a good one, man. God, I, he, he, and and he wasn't supposed to be. That was the thing. He wasn't supposed to be, but uh, he uh, he he made himself. He well, made he wasn't him. supposed to be the scorer he has turned into. He was supposed to be more of the sort of Ty Lawson mold, uh, really a distributor, really leading that break score when needed, but not much. Um, but I mean, he just he his clutch meter is through the roof, and he is he is what is driving this North Carolina train. If he's oh, if he if he lives up. And is on the postseason All America team. North Carolina is probably going to finish in the top ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good. They're Carolina should be good this year. Mm-hmm. The only thing that sucks for Carolina is um, seven miles down the road. True, but although you know, last year they beat it. They split this the season series. So, and and I think this Carolina team is better. And I don't think Duke has gotten <clears throat> appreciably better. Let's put it that way. Literally the only the only way I can pull for Carolina is when they play Duke, just because Duke is just that much more insufferable. That's what I like to hear. Oh yeah, so high, Duke. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, we will keep tabs on that, and we'll of course get a little more on that next week. Uh. Let's head over to the Zeitgeist, where a couple of more off the wall sports stories come in at you. Uh. One I actually didn't put in the rundown, but I'll mention it here. Uh, World Series Game 7 viewership has been cut in half the last 30 years. Of course, we were interrupted by a Game 7 last time on the pod. Um, but here we go. The average audience of uh, the previous Game 7s of the World Series in millions. Uh, this does not take into account the last one that happened. Uh, in 2011, it was 25.4. 2002, that was Giants versus Angels, 30.8. 2001, that was Diamondbacks versus Yankees, and maybe the greatest World Series ever played. And I'm not just saying that as a Yankees hater. I really mean that. That that might have been the best World Series ever. 39. God, if you could ever just go on a roller coaster of emotion. Oh God. Oh my God. Oh, it was great. And the 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 actual, you know, I mean, we saw someone literally down television. His name was Byung Hun Kim. Oh, but he was resurrected. Exactly, and he he rose. Yeah, just just oh. like just like Jesus. Three days later, he he rose from the dead. Wow! Enjoy hell for that one. <laughs> I was a, you you set me up. I knocked it down. <laughs> um, but again, so we had twenty five point four in two thousand eleven. Twenty five point four million in nineteen ninety one. We had fifty point three million. 
Um, so I guess this is something we've talked about a lot, you know, ratings for baseball. Um, do, does baseball need those kind of ratings though? I think that's a question we haven't really asked yet. Well, just remember this too, you know, something else. I I know we've taught ratings and I don't want to get back into all that, but another thing is, and I mean, I'll say it for myself. Nowadays, you have a lot more options of things to watch. Oh, yeah. You know, back in the day, you know, when the ratings were massive back in the 60s and the 70s, well, you had four channels. Yeah. You know, it was either watch baseball or watch PBS or whatever the heck else was on. And most most of the big networks then, they wouldn't go against the World Series. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like you really had an option. I mean, now I'm sitting on a DVR with like 80 hours worth of stuff saved on it that I'm never going to really catch up on. True. So whenever I get a chance, I try to. Um, you know, it's just there's so much more to do. There's video games. You know, the boy plays Minecraft all day, apparently. Um, I got asked if I played Minecraft today. I, I felt slightly I felt slightly affronted by that statement. You should, but uh, I mean... Truly, if you told me you did, I don't think I'd be shocked. I don't, actually. I'm glad you don't, because once again, my 10-year-old is addicted to it. I play Super Smash Bros. I bet you do. But, um, I mean, that's more what it is. That, and I'm sorry, but Kansas City, it's like I said before, we all think we want to see the underdog, but at the end of the day, people want to see the Yankees. And they want to see the Dodgers, and they want to see the Cubs, and they want to see the Red Sox. Mm. When those teams aren't playing, people just aren't going to watch. No, it's 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 totally true. Um, so we'll have to see how, how this past what one day. And, and unfortunately for baseball, it seems like whenever they go to Game Seven, it's not their marquee teams. Yeah. <laughs> you know, take yeah. away the Yankees, obviously in uh, two thousand, but or two thousand one. I'm sorry. Yeah. Take that away. I mean, it's it's always like. I mean, the Royals and the Giants or the Angels or somebody playing. And it's just Marlins like, Indians. Yeah, I mean, really. Now, even though I will say at that point in my life, I was absolutely enthralled with that World Series. Oh, God. I, I, I was made to go to bed because I had school the next day. I was made to go to bed right before the Marlins tied it up. Oh, Jesus. And then, and then actually, I, I hadn't fallen asleep yet. And I don't remember if it was my mom or my dad. One of them came in and they were like, Oh my God, Miami or Florida just tied it up. Bobby Bonilla hit a sacrifice fly, and I'm like, oh, "Can I watch?" No. Oh. Okay, sorry. But I will say this: I will say this. They they taped it, and I got to watch the next morning. So. That was a huge mark for that Marlins team. I just I, I always liked Darren Dalton. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Conan Conan was just good, man. Sorry. And now the problem is that was such a Yankee move that they pulled that year. <laughs> yeah. Sheffield, you, yeah. Now when you look back and think about it, it was such a Yankee move. And of course the Yankees ended up signing half of those guys, you know, when they were past their prime. Kevin Brown. Good job, good job Yankees. Um Outlider. But I mean, literally, that was that was like the best team money could buy that year. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> and it was actually kind of cool to see him win. Mainly just because it continued the torture on Cleveland, who actually did it the right way. Yeah, a lot of homegrown talent there. And Albert Bell was a stud. Screw your right way. (laughs) You're Cleveland. Who cares? Oh, poor Cleveland. (laughs) What's that producer does? I I don't care about your... uh, Sorry. We're going to keep talking about it. Yeah, we... He's still bitter we talked about the Big Ten in hushed tones. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Iowa State's not that interesting this year. Our bad. 
Um, let's let's head over back to England for what has turned into a very very interesting story. Um, <clears throat> the championship. We like the championship. I, I like the championship. You like the championship, Wes? Go Leeds. There you go. Go Wolverhampton. Um, but right now, an interesting team leads the championship. They are Watford. Uh, through 15 games, they have 29 points, and they are atop the table. But it might surprise you that through those 15 games, they've used four different, not forwards, not keepers, but managers. Watford started the season with Beppe Sanino in charge. He was appointed last December, and the club ended the season in 13th place. He started the season well, and the team won four of the first ma- five matches. But the players hated him, so he resigned at the end of August. <laughs> Two days later, former Brighton manager Oscar Garcia took over, and uh, he lasted under a month because of health problems. They, he was admitted to the hospital with chest pains after a clash with Charlton, and then, you know, everybody started freaking out. So let's bring on Billy McKinley, who got a uh, first team coaching position three days previously. Uh, because of the uh, problems with Oscar Garcia, he got the uh, managerial position. It was his first position in management, and he lasted a grand total of eight days. Of course, Watford did get a win against Brentford and a draw against Brighton in that span. So in two matches, he got four points, and then he got axed. And then they wanted to get a coach with more experience in, so they disregarded him, and they brought in former, you know him, FK Partisan uh, manager Slavisa Jokanovic. And uh, he's doing really good. Watford's at the top of the table. And as of right now, he's still the manager. Wes? Well, maybe he'll see the new year. <laughs> maybe. This may explain it, Wes. The owners of Watford are not Russian, but Italian. Oh, yeah. They're the same guys they own uh, Udinese. Uh-huh. And have actually taken uh, grief in the past for uh, some very questionable uh, loans. If you you followed the Premier League and you followed European football longer than I have, have you ever heard of anything even close to this? Well, not when a team's good. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there's some crazy crap when teams stink. We kind of saw this with Mexico this past World Cup cycle, exactly, and they stunk, and that's why yeah. it happened. So, and then they finally got it right. But um, mm. you know, this is it's crazy. It's just craziness. Um, I'm kind of surprised, you know, Andres Villas-Boas didn't look and say, ha-ha, I can win a championship and not have too much. I will come back. But, you know, luckily no one needed that kind of uh, you know, pure genius on their team. So. Hey, hey, you know what? That would actually be good because maybe he'd uh, rehire Tim Sherwood and uh, maybe he'd get him the <laughs> FFR Airways, eh? Oh, that'd be big time, man. I still hate you, Tim Sherwood. Get all get your I he's so guy. Have you seen him on Sky Sports? Uh, no, I don't want Sky. Oh, it's he's so annoying. I I had to watch him because uh, that's who was showing our uh, our uh, it was it our oh, it was our Capital One match. Oh God, oh God, just mm-hmm. shut up, shut up. I I think you need I I don't I don't really like what Sodar is doing. I you, you give Harry Kane what was Lamella? He's doing these Rabonas, thirty million pounds. He'll get the pub team from Switzerland. What, what? What's that? What? What's that on that? Shut up, Sherwood. You sucked. <laughs> I can't believe I ever actually supported you. You're terrible. Well, you had to, man. You had to. <sighs> he was your manager, and as as Sir Alex taught us, we always support the manager. Indomitable American spirit. You support your manager. Oh, uh, 
Wes. Thick and thin. Oh, speaking of thick and thin and blood spurting everywhere, what have you been watching or what will you be watching in the week that was and will be? <laughs> blood spurting everywhere only leads us to one thing, and that, my friend, is Sons of Anarchy. Hooray! Where for the second straight week, the body count was surprisingly low, but the body that fell just absolutely ripped a hole in the heart of every Sam Crow fan. Oh, God. As this week, the the last true uh, link to the original club uh, ended up with a bullet in his head. Hmm, that's a- shockingly uh, Bobby Munson, a.k.a. Bobby Elvis, um, was capped in the head by a super bad guy, August Marks. Um, you know, one second he's standing there, the next second, whap, whap, bam, and there's a big hole in the side of his head. Oh, that's so, bad. Um, I, oh, I want to say that was the only death we had this week. I want to say it was. Now, that said, there are now four episodes left of Sons of Anarchy. And, of course, this is the final season, the final ride, they're calling it. Um, there has been a long-promised episode that will apparently make the Red Wedding look like a play date. And uh, I, I heard today on my podcast that I listened to... <clears throat> That um, that episode is still coming, and that is from an actual cast member. He said, "Oh yeah, that episode's going to happen." I can't tell you which one though. Ooh. So uh, there's going to be a lot of bodies dropped in that Northern California town coming soon. Oh, so uh, I'm 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 highly excited about it. Wes, uh, I'm going to um, I'm going to eschew my watch this week i was going to talk about doctor who and how the master comes back as a woman and stuff and crazy cyberman stuff but uh we're actually going to go with some breaking news instead how's that sound hey i can live with that uh you know you'll be you a fan of the acdc wes um well, i would say so i mean uh we even referenced them a little earlier when i when i did the uh pogba well, and of course, uh, you know, Dean Ambrose, the god of wrestling, his uh, his finisher is called the Dirty Deeds. Yes, it is. Well, speaking of Dirty Deeds, uh, Phil Rudd, their drummer, uh, has been charged in New Zealand with attempting to procure murder, threatening to kill, and possession of drugs. Yeah, I've thought about procuring murder every now and then, but never gotten around to it. This sounds this sounds like the the next horrible bosses movie. To be honest with you, um, according to court documents, Rudd is accused of attempting to hire one person, just one, to kill two others between the twenty fifth and twenty sixth of September. He is also accused of threatening to kill a complainant, which I assume is someone who complains. Um. A plaintiff, also known as a claimant. Okay, so it's so, a plaintiff. So they must have a lawsuit out against him. Yep. Um, to, I'm not sure. Road was a notable absentee from ACDC's recent promotional material in the lead-up to the release of the band's first album in six years. Um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> lead singer Brian Johnson reportedly told fans Rudd was not at one of the video shoots because of a, quote, family emergency, end quote. <laughs> Sure. Uh, so my only question is, when he pro- uh, tried to procure this murder, did he want it done dirt cheap? Oh, man. Well, I mean, how did they do it? I mean, how was he going to procure? Was it going to be neckties? High voltage. Oh, uh, you're gonna, <laughs> it's the jungle. You're going to die. I know it's not the same, man. But no, no, it's not. It's one of our favorite lines this year, apparently. Oh. 
Zozo, baby. You're gonna die. Oh, so so there you go. We've we've been interrupted by Game Sevens, and now we're being interrupted by attempted murder. Oh, by procurement of murder. There you go. There is a difference. Attempted procurement. Oh my goodness. Hey, ACDC. They're gonna be announcing. They're they're gonna be launching a new album later this month. Go <laughs> go check it out. I guess. You know what they say? No pub is bad pub. Oof. I guess. <laughs> We will put that to the test. Yes, we will. Hey, Oscar Pistorius just shaking his head slowly. Say so, they're right. They're right. Oh well. Let's uh, let's let's move on from that. From from procuring murder to 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 getting so raw. So, where murder may be acceptable as long as it's just simulated and as long as uh, you're selling subscriptions to the WWE Network for the low, low price of only $9.99 a month. Hey, and now you don't have to pay a penalty. You can cancel at any time. And Ed, just so you know, because I know you've been dying for a reason to uh, procure the WWE <laughs> Network. Yes, I have. Uh, dying for the reason. Ah, you see what I did? Oh, boy. Uh, you can get the month of November, including the Survivor Series. Uh-huh. Or free. Oh my god. That's right. And then you can decide, do I like it enough to keep it next month and pay just the low, low price of $9.99. They really need to put you on payroll. And by the way, you still haven't gotten me that guy's email address. God dang it. Okay, fine. I'll get it to you like tomorrow. I've got it in my truck. Okay. Damn it. Yeah, I want my good tickets. All right. So raw. So raw. What happened? It was it was a raw one, man. I mean, there's no doubt. Man, uh, the shocker to open raw, as uh, the the music of the one and only Vince McMahon hit, and for the first time in over a year, we saw Mister McMahon on our television screens, doing his BMF walk down to the ring. Um, it was it was fantastic. Always great to hear from the from the C, from the CEO from the chairman of the board, Vinnie Mac, the East Carolina Pirate uh, alumni himself. Oh yeah, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Uh, Vince went on to uh, basically drop a little bombshell uh, for our upcoming Survivor Series match. Put a little stipulation in there that if Team Authority lost to Team John Cena, that they would no longer be. In authority. Oh. Which opens so many doors. Who will be in charge? Maybe I could be in charge. I, I wouldn't mind that. I'd be, I'd be your lackey. As long as you and I could get good tickets to go to wrestling, we wouldn't care. Yeah. Because I love it, and you just like going to free live events. I do. Free food. Especially where you can eat. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a media thing, folks. You wouldn't understand. Um. <laughs> yep. During it, what we had the big the big moment of the night was uh, the full turn of uh, Randy Orton oh. completely turning against the authority. Um, started off when he cost Seth Rollins a chance to win the Intercontinental Title when he came out of nowhere and dropped Seth Rollins with an RKO. Oh As God. we know from the vines, out of nowhere, definitely the best place to come with the RKO. Oh, of course. Uh, later in the show, we got a Randy Orton, Seth Rollins match because they just couldn't help it. They needed to fight each other when it was over triple H himself, the, uh, chief operating something or another. I can't remember his position. 
Triple H tried to make sure the peace was attained. And what did that scalawag Randy Orton do? RKO out of nowhere, Ed. Yeah. RKO out of nowhere. The show ended uh, with Randy finally losing the numbers game, having his head placed onto the steel steps, and uh, had a curb stomp applied to him by Mr. Money in the Bank, Seth Rollins himself. Um, At that point, it has been announced that uh, Randy Orton will be out indefinitely with a severe concussion. So uh, something to keep your eye on. We will not see Randy Orton probably for the next month. Just craziness just so happens to be that he's uh, filming a movie also for the next month. What? No. I don't think this has any connection with each other. No. Um, I believe the movie's called The Condemned 2. I don't know. But apparently Randy Orton's starting to, I hope he's going to be able to remember his lines with this concussion is all I Wasn't can. that the one uh, Steve Austin was in, the, the first one? Yes. So this is... Uh, this is the uh, sequel. What a coincidence! Well, I think it. I, I, now, in in all honesty, um, there is a thing WWE Studios, uh-huh. which I, WWE does have a big part in quite a few movies. They do have a hand in it, so you will see guys like uh, like uh, John Cena has, of course, been the Marine, the Marine franchise, which um, is only famous to a few people, mostly John Cena's family. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, of course, see no evil starring uh, Kane and uh, the recently yet to be released titled uh, movie starring Dean Ambrose, which I'm obviously stoked about. And you and I are going to see. Of course. Of course. Without a doubt. Um, but Raw ended on that note. So um, at this point, we're basically looking at the build up to the Survivor Series and see what happens. It's going to be excellent. I can't wait for the Survivor Series. It's going to be really, really good. Um, that was a really, really good episode of the all-new Sports of the Podcast. Hope you enjoyed episode 27. Uh, we talked about a lot today. Uh, of course, we had a big discussion about the Champions League and the Premier League. Uh, we talked about what the hell is going on at Watford. Uh, and we even talked about who Georgia should get as their next head football coach. Not that the position is open or anything. Not Oh, I'm sorry, Mark Richt. But it's, it's I mean, I really like Mark yeah, Richt. I'd love for him to come, like, be my boss or something. Yeah. I Oh, it'd be awesome. Oh, Wes, you have given me a fantastic idea. Oh, is he going to take over WHIG? I think so. He could probably afford it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um so yeah that's uh it's been a great time and thank you guys so much for listening in of course if you want to connect with us uh, again plenty of ways to do it on our twitter feed as a collective we are at all new sport show of course during, especially during high school football season you can get loads of high school football scores there but wes they can find you on twitter at wes bradshaw 21 I am at Edward Green on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash all new sports show, Instagram.com slash all new sports show, YouTube.com slash the all new sports show. You can email us all new sports show at gmail.com or mail us at 1701 Sunset Avenue, Suite 201 in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, 27804. Of course, if you are happening to hear this because someone doesn't have their headphones plugged into their phone on the subway and you just happen to be hearing the sound of my voice right now and are wondering, what are you listening to and would like to actually listen to it more for some bizarre reason, you can go to a number of places. Go to podbean.com. They are graciously hosting our podcast episodes. 
go there, subscribe there. You can, of course, also go to the iTunes Music Store and go to the podcast section. Just search for the all-new sports show. You'll find and you can subscribe there. Also, you can go to Stitcher Radio. We are right there with a bunch of other great sports podcasts. Go there. Give us a listen as well. And, of course, if you just need an RSS feed for the podcast player of your choice, maybe Podcast Republic. You can go to our Facebook page. There's an RSS feed right there put every week with a download link to the episode as well if that's how you prefer to get your episode in. Wes, uh, anything to mention before we go about the indomitable human spirit? Big final week of high school football for us, of course, as we call it, two Christmases. Oh, yes. Uh, You're heading to my beloved Capstone Rocky Mount. I will be (laughs) heading to Fight Hunt. Uh, at this point, I do not have a co-host, Ed. I don't know if I've told you this. I doubt I have. You, you sure as hell didn't. No, no co-host at this point. Um, so I may be, uh, I may be flying solo. Okay. Would be a really scary proposition for. Oh all. God. Oh God. This is bad. I'll just, I'll just have to bring one of the friends in my head and talk to them. So. <laughs> maybe, maybe you can bring Glenn Johnson. Oh God, yes. He, he'll probably. That's where they're going to drop him is in a plane over Wilson. There you go. Where have I ended up? Just shut up, Glenn, and take this uh, take this microphone. Why are they, why are they playing? They're playing that American football. I don't like it. I don't like it. There, there's too much running around. Don't why like don't, it. Why don't I have a headset? Because I get the headset. You get the handheld. Oh. Suck it. <laughs> he's not he's not used to using his hands or his feet, you really, for that matter. <laughs> you don't get a headset. Oh, poor Glenn Johnson. I, I, you know what? This is going to be the one time, like our, our friends who uh, the the Anfield uh, podcast that uh, favorite follows us on Podbean.com, and thank you guys again, and thank you to all of our followers on Podbean, obviously. Um, but this is going to be the one one where they're like, "Hey, Liverpool guys, this is the one. This is a great podcast. There's a guy on there. It's two of them. One's a Spurs fans, you know, whatever. But one of them's a really big Liverpool supporter, and he's been really positive, staying really strong on us all season. And they're gonna choose this episode to play in the locker room before this week's match against Chelsea. It's gonna be like, I hate Glenn Johnson. He's so bad. Glenn Johnson's just gonna be in the corner crying. You're like, mm, what did I ever do? Nothing. That's the problem. Well, the problem is, Glenn, you were Glenn, so. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to go to a village in Spain. It's hot, and I'm English. Oh, poor Glenn Johnson. No. Oh, okay. he's not like the Glenn from Walking Dead. Oh, no, that Glenn was a fighter. Yes, he was, and he was Asian. So, there. Oh, God, we could use an Asian in Liverpool. I uh, is is Shinji Kagawa available? Is, is Dortmund gonna let him go too? Well, he stinks apparently too. So we'll see. Oh well. Talking about stinking, um, from everyone here at the all-new Sports of the Podcast for producer Des, that was, as always, Wes Bradshaw. I am Edward Green. Thank you, fans, so much. Uh, We do it for you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Have an amazing week, and we will see you again next week for episode 28. Good night, everybody. Good night, Bora Bora. Oh, I am the one who knocks. I kind of want to – I really hope – oh, God. You haven't gotten to that point in podcast yet. Yeah, I'm fine.